Hello and welcome to Here's What I'm Seeing, conversations from the front lines of life and leadership. I am your host, Adam Tarno, joined today by my co-hosts, Cynthia Culver and Jeff Straza. I'm a little frustrated because we just, like right before we hit record here, I asked if anybody watched the World Series last night, and both of you said no. Both of you. Right. I, I claimed it was an asterisk season, and you sighed and moaned heavily. Yeah. Anyway. And I said is there a World Series? Is there a World Series <laughs> right now? So, okay, so here's what we're going to do. Today, we are going to talk about something that we are calling the Leadership Playlist. We envision that this is going to be kind of a series of episodes that we would do maybe every couple of months. And the idea, I think, came, Jeff, from you thinking about a music playlist that we would all have that are some of our favorite songs. I've got that playlist on Spotify right now. You know, my current faves is what right. I call it. And I think everybody's got some aspect of that. And we thought from a leadership perspective, We've probably got a playlist here, too. Books that we've read, podcasts we've listened to, lectures that we've heard, talks that we've heard, little sound bites, maybe from a coaching conversation that somebody shared with us that has stayed with us for years. And so we're going to just... Today is volume one of the Leadership Playlist, and so we're going to talk about that here today. So uh, I don't know what you guys are going to share, and you don't know what I'm going to share. So this is literally going to be a live conversation of things that we're seeing in leadership from the front lines of life and leadership. And so, Cynthia... I'm going to look to you. <laughs> You're going to let me go you first. You want to go first? Yeah, All right, love so what do you have? What do you have? What's yeah. on your playlist? So uh, when I was in graduate school, I had a professor who was really impactful in my life. And one of the things that she said that I have seen over and over again as I've worked with people in coaching and in my own life, she said something like, um, some things are worth just being done. Okay. Some things are worth just being done. So give me an, ex- an example of that. So for example, uh, so many people are, what, what's the, the alternative phrase of that? If it's worth being done. It's, it's being done right. Isn't that what the... Yeah, or well, or with excellence, yeah. or whatever. And she said, some things are just worth being done. Meaning, ah. sometimes you have a list of a thousand things, and they have to get done, but they don't have to get done A+. plus. Okay, I like that. Sometimes a B is okay. That's right, that's right. And I think her idea was, especially in school, there's so much reading and writing and all of that, that you really had to pick what you wanted to focus on. Yeah. And it was okay to get a C on something. Hmm. And I just yeah. think, honestly, that is so countercultural yep. to to everything that we hear. I mean, you think of the lessons growing up. Hey, if you're going to do something, do it with excellence, yep. do it well, give it your best. And the reality is, is that... There, especially in our culture now, there are a million things to focus on. And so if you're going to focus on all those things, right. you know, you're going to have things drop. Cynthia, I really like that because um, it definitely has professional implications. And honestly, it, you have just made me not feel as guilty about some personal implications. Um, I'm, I don't know what kind of people you guys are when it comes to like the sock drawer and things like that, but I just I just stuff it in there. Like it's not I'm not. Who's the uh, the the lady on Netflix with all the organization? Oh, uh, the uh, the life changing magic of tidying. Uh, yeah, yes. I'm not that. I, I just yeah. There we go. Mm. I just stuff it all you in there. You must have so. confessed something there. Oh. OCD behavior. <laughs> Neat freak. Okay. Neat freak. So freak. Uh, so sometimes it's just good to be done. Just put the socks in the drawer. Just they don't have to be matched, right? You'll right. you'll figure all that out later. So uh, so you know, there's some some um, some fun personal implications of that. But you're exactly right. Professionally, you you literally cannot do everything with excellence. Yeah. And if you did everything with excellence, then I guess you're kind of doing nothing with excellence. Is that, that is that fair? Yes, and that's fair. And one of the things that I see in coaching is that people get paralyzed yeah. by too many things, and so they do nothing. Yeah. 
That so, is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it is. And so that's a huge coaching thing. And I, and I think also it speaks to, I think, one of the things in our culture that per, you don't realize it, but perfectionism is such a huge thing. And yep. and we you don't see it because a lot of times when, in perfectionism, what you see is nothing. Mm. People don't do anything. People don't make, make uh, progress on their goals because they're doing nothing because they're focused on, well, if I can't do it, perfectly or if I can't do all of it I'm not going to do any of it it's all or nothing thinking yeah yeah I've got to make all A's or or you know it was a total failure that's right. right yeah I think that's why so many leaders struggle navigating change uh, is that they don't really leave margin in there for mistakes or learning curves and 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 you know sometimes you just have to have a sense of humor you've got to give time for people to vent and talk through their frustrations or you know, dealing with ambiguity. And we talked about that last in the last episode. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how have you seen this play out for yourself professionally? And, and you know, and then uh, second question after that would be, how often do you find yourself sharing this advice over the years with people? Oh, my God. I mean, I share it all the time. Yeah. All the time. Because, and that's what I was saying, is I think it it's almost the antithesis of the all-or-nothing thinking. The all-or-nothing thinking says, like I said a moment ago, I'm either going to make straight A's or it's a failure, or I'm going to do everything or, or do nothing. Yeah. And, and one of the things that I tell people is, take the tiniest baby step. Yep. And, and a lot of times I will say to people, okay, if you're supposed to read something, all I want you to do is print it out and staple it. <laughs> I mean, literally. <laughs> I but, like that. And, and I need you to be my coach. Yeah, I well, love that. <laughs> it's funny because that literal, it, it's so often it's just starting yeah. that people need to do. And, and just printing it out and stapling it and putting it down. And then it's like, next step, I just want you to read the first page. There you go. And so all of a sudden then the ball's rolling. And I think that's the thing is you see it so much in procrastination. And, and it's a massive problem. I mean, so many people struggle with that. I've been a struggler of that. And I think for me, going back to your first question, personally, it has changed the way that I do things. Yeah. It has given me the freedom to let th- let things go and to say, you know what, I just have to knock that out. And then it, it's, I don't want to give away one of my other um, concepts, but uh, it's helped me to do small things and and do small steps, which leads to getting big projects There you done. go. I like that. So. Yeah, that's really good. Jeff, have you seen any areas in your life where this principle has played out? Maybe you didn't know it, uh, that you were doing this, but have you seen anything? No, I, I definitely have, especially when I've coached leaders that are very driven yeah. and who have good intent and they're, they've been rewarded for their outcomes and success, but the way that they relate to other people can be, they can really be hard on people. Somebody yeah. once told me, be hard on issues and soft on people. Mm. And I thought that was a really good way oh, to wow. describe how to approach projects in the workplace. I'll go next. So um, let's go back to maybe 1998. I have been out of college about a year. I'm invited to my very first leadership conference. It was this conference called Catalyst. I think it was one of the first ones. It was in, uh, in Alpharetta, Georgia, just north of Atlanta. Um, this church was hosting this conference. And every speaker that got up at this particular conference was talking about some principle from the book, The Leadership Challenge, which I guess is uh, just one of the most widely read leadership books that is out there. Me in my early 20s, I had never heard of The Leadership Challenge. Really, even thinking about leadership was all brand new to me right after college. And, um, And so one of the principles in there that they all talked about that day really stuck with me and just kind of reframed leadership for me. And it was the principle of encourage the heart, encourage the heart. And so here's a quote from the book. It just said, genuine acts of caring uplift the spirits and draw people forward. Encouragement can come from 
dramatic gestures or simple actions, it's part of the leader's job to show appreciation for people's contributions and create a culture of celebration. That was a brand new concept for me as a young leader, and I feel like that was uh, it was a game changer. You know, I'm so grateful to have heard uh, these men and women stand up at that conference and talk about how important it is for a leader to be encouraging, you know, to touch their heart before you ask for their hand. Because I still had this model of leadership that was, hey, you're the best, you're the brightest, you've got all the right ideas, and so you command and control. Yeah. And so this this idea to go, no, 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 first you have to care about people, you have to encourage their heart, and then it's amazing how they will follow you. And so that is one of those principles that has been on my playlist. I never get tired of that song. I can't hear that song enough. I need that reminder over and over again. And has been one that has been just so helpful for me over uh, over my career, both both personally, you know, as I lead my family, and then professionally as I lead teams out in the, out in the workplace as well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that you know, management skills are the foundational elements that is required of, of everyone in business and industry. And yeah. we're, st- we're talking about leadership here on this podcast and encouraging the heart. That's not the first thing you think about when you think about managing a project or creating an outcome. Um, and so it's some, for some people, it's just not intuitive. They separate, well, this is my personal life, and I'll be nice to my family, and in the business world, I'm just going to do my work. And uh, what you're describing is uh, creates culture and creates trust with people, yep. and all of those elements are going to just add to the productivity and the quality of, yep. of the business. And I'm curious, why do you all think that it's an, a thing in corporate America? Because I do find that, that it is lacking. And it's lacking because, it, going back to your comment earlier, Jeff, um, about your soft shoes, um, it, it feels maybe like people are being soft or something, yeah. or they're, it's feelings-oriented, or it's something that doesn't feel corporate. Right. And I feel like that's what I, I find in the corporate world is when you start talking about, hey, ask them you know, how their weekend was, or ask them, it, there's a sense of, oh, I can't go there. Right. I'm not allowed to go there. That's going too personal or whatever. And, and that there's a fear of caring. And I'm like, is that like a, we're afraid we're going to get in trouble, or we're afraid it's soft or feelings? What, what is that? I, mean, I just you all think it sense? needs to be bundled differently. I think, you know, something being called touchy-feely or, the, you know, that's kind of an old way of saying, you know, yeah. I don't like to talk about feelings <laughs> in the workplace. I think a better way to describe that is qualitative skills because that is, I think, less threatening to someone who is very left-brained and logical and methodical about the way they see their work. Um, it's a way to talk about you know, it's okay to care and listen and have empathy. It's not just okay. It's necessary right. to get people to be engaged in their work. Yeah. I would, um, I think some of it is I'll blame the leaders that we celebrate in our culture. Mm-hmm. I think that plays into it. Right. Um, and, Say you know, more the, about that. The classic example would be um, the late founder of Apple, it was Steve Jobs, right? right? That I, I mean, I read his biography this year. And it was fascinating because it was part of reading through my childhood, you know, because I was around with the, ta- you know, I got to basically watch this whole company grow. And uh, so there was some nostalgia that I felt as I read that book. But there was also a deep sadness and frustration that I read, because this or, or that I felt as I was reading it, because this was a guy who was wildly successful and treated people like dirt. There's mm. just, yeah. And there's other ways you can say it that would be stronger, but he did not treat wow. people well. And I, I think that the danger is sometimes these, um, these exceptions are held up and celebrated in our culture, 
And then everybody else thinks this is that's the norm. what leadership is, yeah. and that's what I should be, and I'm right. not that. So. Right. Which I I really appreciate um, um, Colin's book with uh, Good to Great with the Level yeah. Five leader because I think he debunked that myth. Yep. And and he and it wasn't just him and his team of researchers that did that. That that uh, those are exceptions, and we should not make normal in, in our life what we see as an exception in somebody else's life. And so I think that plays into it. And then candidly, it's hard. Right, like right. it's just it's just hard. It's yeah. hard to be empathetic. It's hard to listen. It's hard to slow down. Leaders have a ton on their to do list. We've all got so much to do. We've got pressure, and um, and man, I feel that sometimes at home. If if one of my kids is a little bit of emotional, but I'm trying to get him to bed, right? I'm like, no, you're going to bed, right? Like this is what we're doing right now. We've got a task that we're going after, and I, and sometimes just uh, my own selfishness. I don't want to encourage the heart, right. and I don't want to be empathetic, and so. I'm sure some of that plays into it as well. Well, and what I just heard you say is that sometimes the fast pace of mm-hmm. our lives, and I mean, right. we're fast now, maybe not in the coronavirus, we're not fast, but right. but we are a fast-paced culture, and we're moving, and back to my earlier point, we're doing a thousand different things. Yep. And so is there time to actually mean when I ask you how you're doing? Yep. Is, do I mean that? Do I yeah. really want to hear? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think managers have a scarcity mentality many times about their time, yep. their calendar, their week, and they'll schedule it right out. They'll schedule out these sometimes moments to show a kindness or to pause and listen or you know, focus on that person. I think that's what you're talking about. Yeah. It doesn't mean a big therapy session. No. It's just, it, it's a style issue. It's the way you approach people that they can see that you care about their well-being. Yep. yep. Right. But I want to add to that. It's it is also not but but it is also uh, I'm going if I if I'm task oriented I'm going to plan to get up and walk around and say hi to people and engage people. I am going to have to put it on my calendar. If all if I'm task driven and I can be, I'm going to make a point and put on my calendar to ask to walk right. around to meet people, shake their hands, and and just say hi and yep. engage with people. Yeah, and I like the word that they put in here too, which is this uh, this idea of a culture of celebration. I mean, so it it, it isn't just all these personal connections right. throughout the day. That that certainly is helpful, and that is a way to encourage the heart. But uh, again, just a culture of celebration. That as a leader, are you making it a habit? to celebrate others. And I know you guys didn't watch the World Series end last <laughs> night, but Dave Roberts, the manager, was great in his post-game press conference. When he's up there, he's on a national stage, and he just went through and talked about the players and how happy he was for them, you oh, know, and saying, Clayton cool. Kershaw, is am- I'm so glad you won, and and Robert, and, you know, and he just went through, and Justin Turner and everybody, he just went through the list, and I was like, that's a leader. He mm-hmm. gets it. He encourages the heart of people. And by the way, what he did was pretty awesome too. I mean, that's right. a that's part of his legacy that he now is a champion. But I thought he modeled it really well. Just that culture of celebration uh, can be really encouraging to people. All right, so we have here we have uh, good enough is good enough. Sometimes being done is is. It's is, worth just is, being done. Yes, yes. I totally butchered that, <laughs> yeah, right. but that's an amazing principle that's now going to be on my playlist. Uh, we've got this Encourage the Heart that's on my playlist. One of the one of the songs that's on there. So Jeff, what's on your playlist? Mine is Patrick Lencioni's book. The ideal team player. Okay. And the the construct in that book is that uh, people that are really good team players are humble, hungry, and smart. I like that list, and I've heard that over the years. What did you see out there on the front lines, and what are you seeing on the front lines right now? Which one is most difficult for team players? Is there one that you see a deficit of more than the others? I think humility is the hard one, yeah. because particularly with new talent coming into the workforce, have high expectations, they want to grow fast, they want 
you know, you've heard about millennials in the workforce and wanting to be promoted quickly. Um, they're, you know, they want to be promoted quickly and they want opportunities. Right. And I think it's hard for managers to navigate that that type of attitude. Yeah. Humility is the one that you would see as the most difficult. What does, uh, what does, what is some- smart? I interrupted yeah. well, you. No, that's good. Yes. What, what, what is smart? smart. Well, it's, pe- smart. it's people smart. It's ah. not book smart. Okay. Right? Okay. All right. So talent coming in the workforce, you know, it's a pretty even playing field for professionals coming in and their degrees and their pedigree. Um, but we're talking about people smart. Yeah. You know? I've, I've, I've been coaching a, a young woman lately who's about ready to graduate from a very prestigious university and she's book smart and she's got great grades, but she just stumbles through her social skills. She doesn't know how to articulate her values. So we've been working on that, helping her get more confident in being able to describe her values and what's important to her and the activities that she had in college, which are, which are wonderful. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's people smart. Yeah. So let's talk about the hunger piece there because I could see the desire, uh, or the, the hunger sometimes opposing humility. Right? right, because you're being very driven, and right. I want to succeed, and so that can come across a little arrogant or me focused sometimes. So, where, how have you seen that balance? It work can, out? Well, it can come off as competitive, yeah. And you know, that is a for me as a leader, that is a that's a big turnoff when yeah. I see people that are competitive towards each other, yeah, especially internally. Competitive. Internally, yeah. that now if they're competitive in the marketplace or they're competitive. In, in healthy kinds of ways, teams can be competitive in healthy ways. I think that's great in an organization, but sometimes I think if someone gets very ego-focused, then that comes out in a very negative kind of way. Yeah. So, Cynthia, with some of the folks that you've been coaching, which of those three do you see uh, you, you end up talking about more often? I think the smart thing, the way you define smart is, I think, that with the people-oriented versus book smart, because I do think there is a place where, I don't know if y'all know of Angela Duckworth's book, Grit, mm-hmm. and it, it's a, there's a place where people um, really focus on the hard work and that's what I'm thinking when you're saying smart. Well, that, that actually may be more the hungry. Wait, I think she's snuck another one in the playlist. I know, I know. I don't, I know. I know. I don't, wanna, I don't really want to talk about that one. yet. Right. I know, I'm sorry. That's okay. right. Uh, no, I, I'm going to come back to that. That one's been life-changing for me. But but the smart thing about, about people, I think that's probably the one that I see where people don't really know people. Yep. You know, they don't know how to engage with people. They don't know how to uh, connect with people. They don't know how to... Um, be in relationship in the work environment. And so I think that to me, I see a lot of that where, you know, I work with people who have people underneath them, you know, and so they're, how do I manage them? And again, sort of what we said a moment ago, talking to people about, hey, it's okay as their boss to ask them how their weekend was, to ask them how that surgery went, to ask them, like, those are okay things. And teaching them literally that it's okay to, um, have a mindset of caring about your people. I, I, in my, in my mind, I look at it as love and service as so sort of, I, it's my opportunity to love and serve this person. And I use that a lot, just more, it's okay to, to care about people, to care about their personal life. So I think there, that just how people relate to one another right. is, is huge. I like I how think. these themes are coming together. Back they to, are. Back yeah. to the encourage the heart, yeah. you know, to, to love and love and serve people. Um, you know, I, I've seen it done well where this, this concept of humble, hungry, and smart is put into a framework of how people are hired and selected and actually turning it into behavioral interviewing strategies. It's not just, you know, what experience, tell me about, tell me about your work experience, tell me about your 
your college experience, but it's describe situations where these values would show up in a team environment. Right. And if someone's stumbling or struggling and, and they don't, you know, they can't pull, you know, that's going to be a potential uh, you know, sign that they're not going to be a fit in the organization. Yeah. Because I would think it'd be, if I was asked the question in an interview, are you humble? I almost feel like I can't answer that, right? I, no, I, so if you I say ask, yes, I have pride. Right, then yeah. I, I just broke the rule, right? Struggle, and, yeah. And so, um, you would ask so, it in a different way. So a behavioral interviewing strategy would be describe a situation where you had to kind of put someone else's needs above your own okay. in a project. Yep. You kind of had to get in there and you had to roll up your sleeves and, and maybe not take as much credit or, mm-hmm. you know, describe it behaviorally. Yeah. But maybe de- how, how have you had to defer to someone else? Good. That's Better way to say it. Yeah, that's good. Well, I like that. Humble, hungry, and smart. Yeah, I would say the same thing. In my uh, what I'm seeing out there is probably that smart piece, as defined as people smart, uh, is definitely of the three probably the most lacking, and where I spend the most time, you know, coaching other leaders, uh, helping them with those skills. The hungry piece, I have not seen much of an issue really since I got out of college ministry. <laughs> I saw. <laughs> I saw some issues there uh, when I had a little stint there uh, in my previous job of hanging out with college students, and not all of them were hungry um, to get out there and do things. Um, but the uh, but the smart piece, and, and I love just to go back to some of another of Lencioni's books uh, with the advantage where he would talk about. I mean, every organization is book smart nowadays. That, right. That's not the issue. That's anymore. right. Everybody issue. is book smart. And so the question isn't, are you a smart organization? The question is, are you a healthy organization? Right. right. Which would get into his other principle there on healthy organizations are filled with people with high EQ right. or who are smart with from a people perspective. Okay, guys, I like this playlist. This volume one is awesome. So uh, just to recap everything, some things are just worth being done. Encourage the heart and hungry, humble, and smart. That makes up the ideal team player. So Cynthia, as we wrap up here, uh, what would be one piece of homework or advice or uh, challenge that you would issue to a leader with this idea that some things are just worth being done? Yeah, I would say, um, because I think it frees people up to say no to things, yeah. I would say, hey, look at your life. Look at your personal life and your work life and say, what do I need to say no to so that I can give my best to the things that matter to me? There you go. I would say with Encourage the Heart leaders, here's what you could do. You could think about the people on your team and uh, and just ask yourself, how am I doing at encouraging these individuals? Who Whose encouragement tank might be a little low right now? Uh, who might be a little discouraged? Who can I just either send a text message to or an email or even just like, you know, over a Teams call or a Zoom call, just say, hey, I appreciate something you did and be specific. So uh, those those words can go a long way. So that would be my challenge and encourage to a leader uh, or encouragement to a leader with Encourage the Heart. And so, Jeff, for hungry, humble, and smart, how would what, what's it to do there? Well, I say leaders first um, model humility. Uh, if you want to see that in others, you have to model it and then just um, develop the people smart skills. You know, really get in there and, and talk about and teach and train on emotional intelligence because that's what's going to differentiate you. Absolutely. All right, guys. Hey, y'all need to, and your homework is start watching baseball when it comes back. But I anyway, knew that was coming. I digress. I knew it. So, great conversation today. As always, great to be with you too. Thank Love you. Love it. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the Here's What I'm Seeing podcast. If you like today's episode, please subscribe or rate and review the show. That'll help great people like you find us. And to learn more about the host of Here's What I'm Seeing, check out the show notes for links to our websites. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you again next time.